Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Jake goes to Kennywood. Chuck finds a new local spot. Palkia rules Melbourne. And we have a long overdue guest appearance from Zorabad GX. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friend? How are we doing? I'm doing good. It's another day to talk about Pokemon. I don't know. I started talking and I totally just lost train of thought there. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I see your walls are painted. You have a lot of lighting back there. Um, it does seem that you do need to do a studio and have your shelves and walls filled so we can have a cool b- backdrop. That would be super awesome. Uh, uh, I know you're getting there. <laughs> but I, I am. I am getting there. I've gotten walls painted at the house, mm-hmm. uh, but most of my belongings are not there yet. So uh, just still working on that. Half I have half my stuff here, half my stuff there. All kinds of fun shenanigans with that. But we will get it put together here shortly. Uh, I have a big move day scheduled here shortly of a lot of stuff and then organizing. But uh, just just rekeyed the whole house today. So let's go. It's officially yours. Yeah. No, ain't no one got no more keys. Right. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Today. um, Well, we're kind of recording a little early um, just with schedules and everything. Uh, But today. I went to our local theme park, Kennywood, um, went on a bunch of roller coasters with, you know, my son and wife. Um, I was actually really, really um, proud of my son because he was kind of scared at first going because, you know, some of those rides are a little intimidating, but he jumped on them and was loving them. And, you know, we we kept going on them uh, on and on uh, all day, a lot of walking. So I'm very tired, uh, <laughs> but it was definitely a fun, uh, fun day, but an exhausting day at that. Um, not a lot of Pokemon today, although yesterday I spent probably a, a good five to six hours playing, um, testing the two decks that I'm you know, potentially going to be bringing to NAIC. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, I know you had a new local spot and I know you wanted to talk, talk about that and give those guys a shout out. So um, tell us a little bit about your new Toledo group. Yeah, uh, I found a store. Uh, it's called Refined Gaming out in um, like the west side of Toledo. Uh, it was a pretty cool spot. They play Pokemon there on Fridays. Uh, I just dropped in, uh, signed up for the tournament. It was a great turnout for, uh, I don't know, what we're used to. I mean, it was like, I think it was like 16 to 17 players um, with some guys, all a bunch of different guys and gals, I should say, and gals. Uh, playing different decks, all kinds of stuff. Saw some Dialga, Turbo Dialga stuff. Saw some Palkia. Right. Um, uh, Reggie's. Reggie's Reggie's, made it to Toledo. Reggie's <laughs> got to Toledo. Thanks, Nolan. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Nolan. Um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Dark Rye, all kinds very of really cool, cool decks. Cool. I uh, took my little get deck because I'm trying to get some tests. I'm Kind of give it another real world, little bit of a real world test on a couple tweaks from when I took the full grip. Ended up going uh, four and one, second place, Not losing bad. only to the winner uh, who was running at Arceus Raichu, which uh, low key might be a good 
idea with the amount of Palkia we're seeing. Yeah, that, so, that deck has been on the back of my mind. I haven't had time to test it, but for sure that might be might be the deck to play. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun matchup with him uh, because we just kind of went back and forth. Right. Um, I just came on Raichu's, but he's just like, I mean, I see his board. He got set up with Flaffy's every time, and I'm just like, I can't stop you from putting five <laughs> energy down. I just can't. Right. And he's just like blowing up Lilligan. So right. Uh, it is, they can't heal if they get one shot, right? Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't do anything to take out Flaffy's and keep up in the race. It's, it is kind of, he was, it was well played on his part. Uh, I did the best I could. It's a matchup I've not seen that often, but uh, I can still was hitting the numbers I needed to when I had to KO on Arceus. I got there. So there we still go. excited about my deck. Uh, just that's why I wanted to take it out more often, play more matchups. So there we go. But um, I guess that's enough about us because, you know, uh, we do have a guest, um, yeah. part of our local community, not local here in Pittsburgh, uh, but we are expanding with you moving and having Zoro Dad on here. But welcome to the podcast, Zoro Dad. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you um, have been part of this community almost since the beginning. Um, and then with us having leagues and stuff, you're always in there. You're, you know, make your presence felt uh, and you're a, a hell of a Pokemon player. Um, so I, you know, and, and then also you, you did just win. I think it was season six of our <laughs> triple P, um, you know, Pokemon league, which was what that the the astral radiance. Um, yeah, it was our brilliant stars, brilliant season. stars. That's right. That brilliant star season. Um, you're always at the top, um, you know, a top four and you're always cracking at that and give, uh, you know, giving it your, your best, uh, figured it was time to finally sit down, chat with you, uh, let the community learn a little bit about you, um, and go on from there. No, awesome. Thanks for the, thanks for the introduction. Yeah. Um, but you know, other than what I said, um, is, is there anything else you want to say about yourself? Uh, you know, your journey thus far in the Pokemon, in the Pokemon TCG? I'm, I'm going to give a little bit okay. added introduction before I let him go on. <laughs> okay, okay. Because this guy went 8-0 and in our league, just rolled through everybody in our league, rolled through the playoffs. This guy knows how to play Pokemon real well. Oh, for sure. <laughs> he, he, this was his season because, like you said, he's he's always been a top performer, but this season was not stopping him. So... Yeah, there was no stopping him. I know I played him. Uh, I, this was not my season. I know I played him uh, once in the round robin, and he completely creamed me. Um, you know, not shocking because he's a heck of a player, like we've said. Um, <laughs> but with all that being said, we'll stop talking about you and let you talk <laughs> yeah, about yes, you. Yes, yes. Now you can <laughs> stop it. Hype yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no worries. That's that's fun. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, just to touch on the league. Um, yeah, it was super fun this year, but I'm not going to lie. I, I was extra motivated because I feel like I've come up just short a few different times now. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I was playing like the grass Mewtwo box against, against you, Jake, I think in the finals. And um, yeah, and you rolled up with fire and I like tried to, <laughs> I tried to hang and it just wasn't, wasn't working. It wasn't going to happen. And right. then uh, I think the last season um, I played against Colton, who always seems to also be up there. And uh, I thought I had the win. And then he pulls out this crazy, like, last turn in, in game three. It just, like, yeah, just, like, rolls me with, I think it was, uh, he had Jolteon. I was playing Zashi and Zamazenta. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it felt, it felt good. It felt good. I, I felt like I kind of had luck on my side, too, because um, I had a lot of rounds that went to three games um, and just kind of squeaked it out. Um, 
you know, so it was, I, I stayed in there, but, uh, you know, it was not by any means like a bloodbath all the way through. There was a lot of close games. Oh, I mean, I, I think that's the, the best way to play it. And I think that's why most people like uh, best of three anyways, because there's no, um, you know, I just dunk you and just take a, a, a cheap win. Uh, you know, it, you, you, you basically have to earn it unless, you know, your opponent just completely, um, you know, stumbles in two games, which is very unlikely to do. I mean, Pokemon is, you know, most of those top decks are pretty consistent to get going. So it definitely makes um, it for, you know, usually it's more of the player with the decision-making processes um, instead of just kind of like that random luck that, that causes you a win or a loss. So um, for sure uh, you're a solid player and it, this, this shows it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. And just a little bit more about me. I, uh, I haven't been playing long. Um, I kind of learned the game motivated by my son and like he was collecting cards and I was like, Hey, this seems like a good, you know, strategy game, kind of a mm -hmm. cool, fun thing we can do together. Started listening to podcasts and triple P was like one of the early ones that I, that I latched onto. Um, and so I basically, I'm like a pandemic online player who's just now kind of right. figuring out what the real life scene looks like and how to navigate that and, you know, figure out how to translate you know, cause I, I played in like the players cups and the team challenge and those types of things. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I've, I've done fairly well, haven't topped anything, but you know, I've qualified a few times and, you know, top 64 team challenge and things like that. Um, so, you know, I know how to play online. Um, just trying to figure out kind of in, in person, what does that look like? How to make right. that translate? Right, right, right. For sure. Well, um, welcome again to the podcast. I, I mean, I, I'm pumped to have you, especially with the story you're saying, because like you, you're starting about the same time as we were. Um, and when we started this podcast, this is kind of really what we wanted to do is, you know, have players, um, you know, starting the game around the same time um, and kind of grow this community. Um, and, and you're definitely, you know, a prime example of that. And if I had nobody else that ever listened to this podcast, you know, <laughs> and, but I, you know, taught you or helped your journey in any way. That's, that's kind of what we were hoping for. So um, yeah, thank you for, for uh, the continued support. And um, let's just ju jump into the deep dive uh, of, of the four questions and start that kind <laughs> of stuff. Cause we're kind of, I feel like we're going a little off track here. A little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get into the, the, the gritty, four questions that we ask every guest and I'm going to steal the first one. Do it. So I'm going to lob the softball. Maybe uh, <laughs> depends on who you, who's the hitter. Uh, what is your favorite Pokemon? My favorite Pokemon, believe it or not, is Zoroark. What? <laughs> Would never have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> so in interestingly though, um, it doesn't, I have not played the video games hardly at all. Um, a couple of, I think it was Sapphire or something like that, like really early on. Um, so it really has everything to do with the card, the Zoroark GX with the trade. That was like one of the first cards that I had when I started playing. Um, it was just super fun deck. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a good one. Yeah, I figured I, I figured that had to be Zoroark. And as a TCG player, I mean, that card was, I mean, a little bit before my time, but I know it was very popular. Uh, and a fun deck archetype. So no, I, that was a good answer. Um, but let's jump on to the next. Um, what is your favorite Pokemon TCG card? Now this does not have to be standard legal. It could be from the past, um, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, it's not also, um, you know, limited to just Pokemon. It's any uh, card in 
the Pokemon TCG. Yeah, I so I struggled. I knew this one's coming and I struggled a bit because um, there's a lot of good ones. I think I'm going to go with Mewtwo and Mew GX just because I had so many different iterations of decks. And like I, I think that's just the most fun that I've had playing is like, you know, kind of using Mewtwo and Mew and the tech mm-hmm. call engine. And um, yeah, just like super creative and feel like that helped me get a lot better as a player, just navigating those multiple different lines of, of play and figuring out how to, you know, how to use that deck. So yeah, me too, me GX. Solid deck or a solid uh, card choice. And I know with a lot of those decks, Mewtwo Mew was probably one of those cards that was like the most expensive deck just because it had so many different GXs in it uh, mm-hmm. compared to a lot of different other things. So uh, no, that was a solid, uh, solid pick for sure. I didn't actually see that coming, but it was a good pick. It's also the one where like you get to M if you name your decks at like Mew Mew this. There's like <laughs> probably like 19 iterations of Mew something. Yeah. <laughs> so it was always a fun one. I mean, you just you get Mew Mew to a Mew GX and then you can instantly have who knows how many different archetypes as long as you can grab all those other GXs that are one ofs. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. All right. So our next question, this one gets a little bit more in depth. Uh, what is your most, your least favorite card in the Pokemon trading card game? This could be for any reason. You can don't like the art. Uh, it beats mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, well, however you want to say it. Any least favorite. Yeah. So this was an easy one. Um but it's also a boring one because I'm sure multiple people have said it, but crushing hammer, it's gotta be crushing hammer. I, uh, and, and the reason is, you know, not even that it's like that broken of a card is just like, it's, it's such a broken, you know, the energy is so crucial to the game. Like so it just swings the game so hard where it can literally win you or lose you a game, you know, depending on the flip. Um, and I just, it bothers me. Um, you know, I, I, I would rather as a player be able to, you know, outthink, outplay my opponent rather than just like, you know, he hit head, so I lose. Um, <laughs> right, so I yeah. think that's that's my frustration with it. Not not necessarily that, that it's an unfair card. It just feels like it doesn't maybe reward the better player sometimes. I can agree with that. Sometimes the better player just flips hot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better at rolling a die or pressing a button online than you are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, for sure. But uh, okay, let's jump on to the next. Um, what is your best Pokemon TCG memory uh, to date? Um, well, I don't have a ton. Um, most of them are online, but I'd say definitely the best one to date is the um, Indianapolis regional, regionals. So that's actually where I met you guys in person for the first time. And um, I was there with my with my son um, and he played in juniors, which was really yeah. fun. Um, so, yeah, so just getting to, you know, see, you know, a thousand people in a room together and kind of kind of see what it's all about and, and you know, meet so many different faces that I've talked to or seen YouTube videos from or, you know, just see everybody in the same space together and kind of right. feel that excitement. And, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, I mean, I think I would share the same um, favorite experience uh, being Indianapolis, just being able to meet everybody as well. Um, for the first time after a pandemic year, it just seemed like a lifetime almost. And then mm-hmm. just so, uh, kind of surreal meeting a lot of, um, you know, people um, from different states, countries or whatever. Um, 
for the first time because it just never seemed like it was going to happen. But it finally did. And it was it was great. Uh, I know it was kind of a hectic weekend not being able to spend a, a lot of time with people. Um, but definitely uh, it was an awesome experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I can th- third that it was a great experience. Uh, I was happy to be a part of that. Um, I mean, it just it was a great time. It just feels so long ago already. I know. I want to go back. Like I want to do another indie. I need to go to well, like Milwaukee. Good thing, good thing Milwaukee but, is what next weekend. So you're, no, you're good. <laughs> Milwaukee is next weekend, but I don't think I'm going to be able to go. I've wanted no. to go, but uh, it is not in my cards at the moment. Oh, you're you're still going to NAIC though, right? Yeah, that that plane that train is set sail already. So we okay, are going you better, to that you better. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we are definitely going to that. Uh, just Milwaukee just did not work out. I never actually got registered for it, so it just I I just uh, had to not do it. So I mean, it happens. Uh, life gets in the way. Um, you know, adulting comes first. But unfortunately, I know someone else is going to Milwaukee. Yes, they are. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. I'm excited about it. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, we'll talk a little bit about prep um, from Milwaukee, uh, you know, after, you know, the the random card all the way through the news. Um, but let's get that train rolling and let's jump into random card madness. Yeah. So uh, I know uh, Zordad here listens to us. So I don't have to explain what we're doing. We're just going to get right into it. Now, I asked you beforehand what your favorite set was. So uh, we, you said it was Astral Radiance. So we're going to draw a random card from the Astral Radiance set. And I drew the random number of 187. So that happens to be Full Art Komodo. Uh, that is the supporter. Uh, choose a card in your hand and discard the other cards. If you do, draw four cards. So you get to save a card and then get four new cards from your hand. Uh, so, as always, is this card playable, bulk, or just binder fodder? Like, what are we doing with it? I'll let Brent. You can take. You can take the floor first. All right. So I'm I'm trying to think of a scenario where I want this card in my deck. Um, I think it's only good in a meta without Marnie or research or any other good draw supporter. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's binder. It's binder. Now, when, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's probably binder. Now you say choose two a card, card, a card and discard everything else. Yeah. You choose a card, choose a card in your hand and discard the other cards. So you keep one card and then okay. you can, so you go to I mean, to five. Okay. Before I go into this, um, I do think it's binder fodder, but I'm going to try to make it work. Um, in most decks, it won't work, but I'm thinking you have, um, you know, the, the water god himself, Palkia. Um, you're trying to get discard and waters, maybe. So you have a one of, you discard, you know, your hand, which hopefully energies are in there. Uh, you draw cards up to what you need and then potentially... Um, use his his uh, V-Star ability to get those back in hand, maybe. Um, but still, if you're going to play a supporter, I would rather use Professor's Research or um, or the new card, Ida, Ida or, 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 or I don't remember how to say her name. Iridia. Iridia, Iridia. Some, so, yes, prop, it is definitely binder fodder. 
bulk, whatever you want to call it. Um, I tried to, I, tr- I think I tried to make it work. Uh, maybe not too well. Oh, <laughs> what, what do you say, Chuck? Um, I, I, it's just, it's not four is not enough. So it's going to be a mm-hmm. binder fodder. Uh, basically you're getting the, the whole idea of saving a card is cool. So that's like, it's worth not discarding to go at a seven. Like, but it has to be better than, to me, it has to be better than like a shuffle draw five, uh, in which is basically Marnie or Judge. I mean, Marnie's not a shuffle draw, but you're not blowing the resources. Right. So if it was, if I think you would actually might see it hit decks a little bit more, uh, like more so than like a Zinnias would. Um, that are, that's being played right now in certain decks. I think you would see Komodo hit decks if it was save a card and draw five cards so that you're having a hand of six, um, I think. But that's just me. I think the four is just not enough that that's making it binder fodder because shuffle drawing anything up higher than five is just better than it. Uh, I agree 100%. And I think that's why we all picked it to be just bulk or binder fodder or whatever you want to call it. It is, you did pick the full art. So I don't think you just put it in your bulk. Uh, it, it definitely can sit pretty in, in the binder. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's a it's cool looking card. Komodo is pretty cool in the game, but uh, unfortunately did not get the pick of the litter when it came to the supporter abilities. Nah. So that's it for Random Card Madness. Time for some trivia. It's time Time for trivia. Trivia. Jake, do you have some trivia question? I do. I do. Um, All right. So I have another Pokemon uh, that we're going to play. Guess this Pokemon, this ability belongs to. Um, Some people might find this one's going to be super easy. Uh, Maybe it is a low-key, not-so-easy pick. Um, Eternatus. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, but the ability name is Princess's Curtain. Oh, I know this. Yeah, I <laughs> I figured you would, but we'll, we'll I'll, I'll uh, see if we'll see if Zordak can get this one. Yeah, I'm not good at trivia at all. Um, Princess's Curtain. I've definitely read that ability before. This is in honor of our local Colton because he did play uh, a deck with this card in it recently, um, and it was a headache to deal with um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's a newer card. Yeah, I'm thinking. I don't think it's right, but the first thing that came to mind is the Cliff Fairy that discard that puts energy on top of your deck or the opponent's deck. Um, yeah, I forget the exact set that, that was from, but that's what I'm going with. I'm it, going with. Cliff I mean, Fairy. you had the right type, but Chuck, you want to tell him what it is since you know it, I... that is Diancy. Is is it not? There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep, Diancy. So it's one one of the newer cards. So um, the ability is as long as this Pokemon is in your active spot, whenever your opponent plays a supporter card from their hand, prevent all effects of that card done to your bench Pokemon. So um, no bosses orders um, to you know take basic Pokemon off the bench. Um, so you know you're you're setting up if you're a slower deck that you want to kind of get your board state set up. Um, that's the perfect Pokemon to do that. It's only a one prizer. Um, so you can kind of just buy your turns that way. Um, yeah. Pretty effective card for sure. Um, yeah. Note though, uh, Pokemon Catchers does get around it. You just got to flip heads. 
Uh, yeah, so does rope. Yep, um, so does rope. Uh, the only reason I will say that I I should I knew that and that was fresh in the mind is because I see I saw a lot of that card last night at uh, the tournament we were at. Uh, I played a Dialga deck where that was a very big piece. Um, there was it was a four of in his deck because mm-hmm. that was his pivot Pokemon, and while he's getting Dialga ready, he's literally just sitting on Diancies, so you can't boss Dialga to the active and be like bam, all that energy is gone. Uh, it's just... As long as it doesn't evolve too early. Yeah, he never... Um, yeah, He didn't evolve until he was going to attack. He was a very smart player. He's just like, all right, I'm going to evolve, and then he would retreat, and then he would hit you for the turn, take another turn, and take another knockout. Very smart play. Um, it was just all about whether he could turbo fast enough. Right. All right, so Chuck, you got one for us today. Um, yes, I am pulling up a Pokedex entry as we speak, because I'm going to give us uh, an entry for a Pokemon, and we will um, guess that Pokemon off of the Pokedex entry from Pokemon Go. All right, um, so this Pokemon has a very short entry, so it is known as the Forbidden Pokemon. It was bound to a fissure in an old in an odd wait, I'm gonna start over. It was bound to a fissure in an odd keystone as punishment for misdeeds 500 years ago. And it is known as the forbidden Pokemon. I mean, I know uh, bound to fishermen as punishment. Uh, bound to a it's a fissure in an odd keystone, not. It, uh, is it? I don't know what that Pokemon is oh, called, but is it? it is it's it, basically it's bond to a crack in a stone. Yeah, yeah, it's the one with the 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 hands that come out the stone and then evolves to even more limbs. I guess I don't remember what that's oh. called though. Um, yeah. Oh, I can see it. I yeah. think unless I I can see the Pokemon, I just don't know what it's called. Darn you, Scuba Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to want another can, hint? Because I you're... I think I know what it is. I just don't know the name. I can. Right. This Pokemon had. Oh, I can't even remember the name of the ability now. Now I got I got to cheat now. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only way I'm gonna get it. No, you can. I I I concede. Um, I'm gonna feel really foolish once you tell me the name because. I can see it in my right in front of me. I just can't. Okay, so this hint is going to give it away. But this Pokemon had an ability in the game called Building Spite. There you go. Spirit Tomb. Spirit Tomb. (laughs) That's not what I was thinking. That's not what I was thinking. It was kind of similar. You were were thinking of, uh, 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 I think it's Galarian Yamask or... You rune Yamaragus, yeah, something like the the one that turned. It's technically a coffin, but then the Galarian form is a stone tablet. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but I I couldn't think. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's the one I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spirit tomb is actually a key. uh, Like it actually is coming out of a crack in the stone. (laughs) Well, I. I should have known that with the with the hex Pokemon thing. So, uh, shame on me. <laughs> I knew. I knew. Uh, I think 
I think Zordad liked Spirit Tomb at one point in time. So that's why yeah. I kind of spiritual yeah, I know success. I ran the deck for a while. Yeah. 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 So that's why I did that Pokemon kind of the thematic. Um, but hey, you got us. It was a it was a small entry. I can't really expound upon what Pokemon Go didn't put in there. So. <laughs> right. right, right, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's trivia in a nutshell. Now we go to the meta. Let's go to the meta report first with Ryan and we'll talk to Turtwig. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as RY for Gaming. I'm joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week we had 17 tournaments, 1,586 unique deck plays, and 4,410 matches to cover this week. So, let's hop into those top 8s. Starting off, Arceus Duraludon had 7 top 8s, Ice Rider had 10 top 8s, Arceus had 18 top 8s, Palkia had 25 top 8s, and Mew regaining its throne had 27 top 8s. That's it for the top 8s this week, let's look at those boring meta numbers. All these decks had over a 50% win rate this week, those being Palkia Inteleon, Arceus, Arceus Duraludon, and Dark Inteleon, aka Darkbox. Notable changes to Palkia Inteleon, Arceus Inteleon, Ice Rider, Straight Arceus, Blissey Miltank, and Dark Inteleon, aka Darkbox. Starting off, Palkia Inteleon was down in win percentage by about 4.5%, still leaving it above 50%, so it's doing just fine. Arceus Inteleon was down in win percentage, taking it under 50%, making it have a not-so-good matchup. I wonder what those matchups changed. So, let's, so that looks like a deep dive there. Next, Ice Rider was down in win percentage by about 5, almost 6% actually, and that shot it down to a 42.5 win percentage, so not really good. So Ice Rider, got to pick it back up. Arceus was up in win percentage by 3, per- by three almost 4%, so straight Arceus doing better than Arceus and Teleon, so above 50%, I think we know which one's the clear winner. Uh, Blissey Miltank was down in win percentage by about 6%. I guess all those basic blocking decks and Mew Genesect being running amok at 14% play percentage ought to be screwing over Blissey Miltank. So, have fun with that one. Next, Darkbox was up in win percentage by almost 12%, shooting it up in win percentage, so I think it finally found its notch in the matchups that it needs. So, great job, Darkbox. I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes in Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Local. This week's winner was an actual tie between two people going 4-0. That's right, we only have four rounds. Those awesome players are Tim and Steve. So congrats on the great performance this week, guys. Now, without further ado, let's talk about the decks that won. All these decks had a single win this week. Those being Arceus, Blissey, Dialga, Ice Rider, and an other deck. I didn't get to see the list, so it's an other deck. Darkbox had two wins. Dragapult had two wins. It's coming back, baby. Palkia had three wins, and Mew, taking its throne again, had five wins this week. Turtwig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you, so if you could let us know on Twitter at ry for gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe. And take care, Pokemon trainers. And we're back. Another great meta report from Ryan. As always, let's go into the news. And today we have one big news article so far that we've got, even though we're recording early. We have the full Pokemon Go 
summer special set revealed. So uh, basically, there's a lot of stuff we already know about the Radiance, Mewtwo, V Star, but we finally got eyes on Dragonite V Star. Yes, we did. So, yeah, so I, that's the big one I wanted to talk about. Um, go right into it. All right, so we'll talk about Dragonite V Star. Um, I'm going to skip the V. It doesn't look like there's very much to talk about there. Um, so this is obviously a stage one Pokemon. Old it, V is still better. What's just, up? The old V the, is still better. Yeah, yeah. Just use the old one. Right. So uh, the V star is 280 HP for a two prizer. Still really beefy. So it is dragon type. So that means there is no weakness and no resistance. The retreat cost is two. Um, and it has an attack and a V-Star ability, a V-Star power ability. Um, so we'll start with the attack for a, a Water Lightning Colas Colas Ultimate Impact. 250 damage during your next turn. This Pokemon can't use Ultimate Impact. Um, so 250 damage um, you know, is pretty good, especially with Choice Belt out there. Um, you're getting into that 280 um, plus any other kind of modifiers. I know there are some other new modifiers to, you know, do some damage. Plus you have your Inteleons, your, your Zigzagoons and everything like that. So you can really get close to that 300 mark there. Um, but it is a little bit of a um, awkward energy cost with a water lightning and two colorless. Um, but he does have a, um, a visa V star power. Um, and it does look like what uh, actually it is an attack, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, so I did, it, it was not ability, uh, for one colorless, we got, um, star dragon VSR power. Look at the top 12 cards of your deck. You may attach any, um, lightning or water energies you find, um, there to the Pokemon in any way you'd like, uh, then shuffle your deck, uh, the remaining cards into your, uh, deck. You can't use more than one VSR, uh, power a game. Uh, so, you can accelerate energies, although it does end your turn, so maybe a little slow. Um, what do you guys think of Dragonite V Star? We'll start with Brent. Yeah, when I first saw this revealed, initially it sounds broken. <laughs> like 12 cards deep is like ridiculous. I've never heard of that before. Um, that's Hat Ladies Deep. Yeah, yeah. That's so a, literally it, the ability of Hat Ladies was 12. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I. Uh, I'm not confident saying it's not good by any means. Like, I think there's potential there to do something with it. And the fact mm. that it's, you know, you can use it for just a single colorless, you know, you could potentially put in all kinds of different types of decks, um, obviously be something that, you know, needs a lot of energy or like, you know, gets a ton of power. Um, but the fact that it's a V star, you're not doing it turn one. Um, and then it takes an attack. So, you know, it's going to be turn three before it, you know, these theoretical energies are online. Um, right. It just seems too slow. So my initial reaction was it might be broken. Second reaction was it's probably not going to see that much play, but I think it's cool. I think it's possible that it's good. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chuck? What do you think? I am on the fence um, because I'm trying to decide how much better this V-Star is than the original Evolving Skies Dragonite. Um, because, all right, so his main attack is 250 damage for four energy, and then you can't do it again. 
Um, so you're looking at 250 damage from an, uh, mm. a Pokemon. The original V has attacked for 250 damage for three energy, and you do 20 damage to each of your to each of your bench your, your bench Pokemon. Yeah. So you're getting rid of the damage to your own Pokemon for an extra energy. Um, so really. Uh, if you, I, I think if I think you could take a Dragonite deck and make it a little bit better, and you might not worry about evolving. Like you can evolve for the basic fifty extra health, like you're getting a mm-hmm. Cape of Toughness for an evolution, and then so like you can hit for when you have three energy on the board, and then evolve, and then attach another, and then still hit for four energy, and you do two fifty twice without debt, and then. I don't know. Hopefully, switch. <laughs> yeah, cheaper. I mean, I think I prefer the the old Dragonite that did the bench damage um, because a lot of decks actually it benefited you. Um, you know, kind of with that synergy. If you have damage on your bench, you do more damage with your backup attacker or something to that effect. Um, plus, it doesn't take an evolution, so it's a little bit faster in nature. Plus, less energies, always faster in nature. Um, the thing about Dragonite and its V-Star power slash attack. Um, we already see something similar to this, and that is Palkia v, uh, V-Star running rampant right now, uh, literally in Melbourne as we speak. Uh, the top eight is you know still going on uh, all Palkia because his ability just takes those energies from the discard and attaches them, and it doesn't end your turn. Then you can attack. Um, if this V-Star power wasn't an attack and it was just an ability and you kept going... Yeah. This card would be absolutely. I'd be broken. Like it would be broken, but, but not to the point where it was like just too good. I think. I think it, it would have been like it would have been a great card to play, um, but because that's an attack, I don't like it, and I wish I did. So it kind of hurts me to say I don't really like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think someone will find a way to make a decent deck with Dragon Eight Star, though. I mean, you're you're probably not wrong um, when it comes to that. Because it, it essentially it can still attack with three energy attaches. You're actually you can use DTE now because it's just two odd colors, uh, just a, a water and a, a lightning. Uh, there are multiple ways that you can just attach one and accelerate the other. Um, that doesn't like all in one turn. Um, you could actually. You could actually accelerate both of those and just attach the DTE in one turn. But um, that's a lot of work, a lot of comboing to do 250 damage. Well, it'd right. be only 230, but right, exactly. So I mean, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, originally, I was pretty hyped, uh, just like Zordad was. Uh, but the more and more I thought about it, it just caught, kind of lackluster altogether. I was hoping it was going to be really good too. Um, yeah, just because it's. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be the one playable card out of the set. So, right. um, all right. So there was one other card that I wanted to talk about. Um, I don't think it's good. I just think it was kind of funny uh, with the ability. Um, but that is Slacking V, um, which he is a basic colorless at 230 HP. He is, like I said, colorless. So he is weak to lightning, resistance of none. And his retreat is three. So it is in that really horrible zone of retreat cost. Um, but he has ability and an attack. Um, we'll start with the ability, and it's just lazy. Um, <laughs> this Pokemon can't attack, uh, 
if you have six, four, or two prizes, uh, prize cards remaining. <laughs> so if you have an even <laughs> number of prize cards you need to take, um, you just can't, you can't attack with him. So I just thought that was funny. Um, I don't know if there's some kind of synergy I'm missing there, uh, or is this just straight bad? I, I think he's just straight bad. Um, but he does have an attack for four colorless, heavy impact, 260 damage. Pretty vanilla. There's nothing, no text past that. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on psyching? 260 for four is pretty good, but uh, especially when you're talking about all colorless. Yeah. But uh he can't attack you. You have to you have to kill some you have to KO something that's not a V. Like or yeah, it has yeah. to be not a V. Yeah, you because, got you kill the Diancy, then you start hitting things. Yeah. And then, then you don't care. You have to take out a single prize or you have to take out a V Max first. <laughs> right. And then then no, you slacking, not, not a V Max because... realizes there's a fight going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, what's going on here? Um, but no, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. I yeah, I'm trying to it's it's fun. It's a fun card, but no, it's not going to see. It's not going to see. Uh, I can't wait. Oh, no, there's there's not going to be no pre-release with. So there's this guy's never going to see like a pre-release format when there's, yeah. um, like, I don't know, like three cards remaining, and then you maybe try to do something right. <laughs> not, so I was, I was trying to think of like a way to get it to work, and I mean, you could you could path yourself or something like that, you know, and right? potentially get around it. The, there we go. Yep. It helps out so good right there. You you just broke that combo. You put the path down. <laughs> You lock the Mew out, and then you start swinging for 260. So it's that. Yep. Is... <laughs> I see Chuck's the wheels are spinning right there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it hits 220 or 260. 220 with two DTEs. Right. So, I mean, you still KOVs with two on turn two if you go first. Right. Um, but that I mean, I, hey, who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to about do it for the news. Um, unless there's any other cards here that stick out uh, for you guys. Uh, I have one card of note just because it's a reprint that is going to continue on. Uh, Rare Candy is getting reprinted. So I'm glad you brought it up because that card looks pretty awesome. It is the Pokemon Go's Rare Candy. So it's not like the old card that we got. It's very colorful, vibrant um, with the multicolor candy. Still does the same thing, so we don't yeah. have to worry about like revealing that card or anything like that. Yeah, spiritual reprint. We will get we will, rare candy will still be around to make stage twos hopefully work for sure. All right, well, with that, um, that is it for the news. Um, let's jump on in and let's talk about the triple P league that just wrapped up and a little bit about um Zorodad's run, um, what he used to get there. Um, again, this is before um, Astral Radiance, so there wasn't the Palkia train that's going on currently, um, but there's still a lot of interesting gameplay um, and matchups to be uh, had here. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is basically like wrapping up uh, Brilliant Stars meta, maybe in like a nutshell. So right. go ahead, Zoradad, tell us, tell us your run. Tell us. Yeah. Um... So I used a variety of decks, um, you know, and I think I was very intentional. Like I said, I was, I was very motivated this season. So <laughs> I uh, definitely wanted to hit it hard and use decks that, 
you know, were, you know, people wouldn't necessarily expect, but at the same time, I was confident that I could play well. Um, so early in the format, that's a little bit tricky, um, you know, because the league kind of starts right after a new format drops. Yeah. Um, so initially, my my comfort deck was like a Zashin Zamazenta. That's kind of what I had been using pre Brilliant Stars, um, and I was really trying to make that deck work, like with Zashin and everything, with uh, Arceus and everything else. It just wasn't working. So, um, so initially, I uh, I think I took the Salt Lake City deck winning deck so i use the arceus gengar and kind of put that together mm -hmm. and it's like a super quick deck to learn and you know does really well against mew and so i played probably a third of my games with like arceus gengar um and then you know i i got the cards from mew finally ran a few games with mew um and then a lot of my games were with uh like arceus dark intellion um because that's what i ended up running into indie so i had a lot of testing with with that um, and then I actually, I think I, I played this one against Colton. Um, I played one or two rounds just with the old, like Melanie Urshifu deck, mm. um, which is, you know, which is an interesting call, but honestly, I think it's, it's fine, you know, depending on obviously your matchup, like the deck is still really good, even though it's an older format deck. Yeah. Um, it just loses to Mew. So if is so basically if I didn't expect to hit Mew, then I rolled that one out a couple of times. Um, so I was, I was very like intentional about my deck choices and historically like what people have played and just kind of going in, trying to give myself the best matchup possible. Um, and I, and I think it did pay off cause I definitely had pretty good matchups, you know, across the board. Mm. I, I feel like I was probably try harding more than everybody else was, but you know, so maybe <laughs> not completely fair, but, but yeah, no, I mean, it paid off. If, if you're going to try hard, <laughs> I mean, that's not unfair. You're not doing anything wrong. You're, you're, you're learning our meta, uh, our, our local meta and you're, you know, you're doing your educated, uh, you know, guesses slash research on what you might see. Uh, I don't think that's anything unsportsman or try hard or whatever you want to call it. I think that's just <laughs> yeah. good uh, preparation, um, to, you know, to do well and put yourself in a good spot for some success. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I was the victim of one of those, you know, bad matchups running, but it's like the, the shadow rider. What was the cotton oh, deck? Yeah. I, yep. I, I started with when, when Brilliant Stars dropped and then uh, I walked into Gengar and I was like, oh, good. It's, this is good. It's a good start. But uh, um, yeah, it is just, I mean, you, if you want to do well at something, you got to try hard. So, and it's not a bad thing. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't even remember what we, our matchup was. Um, I, I already blocked it out at that point. I don't even remember what I played. <laughs> you you played, season. you played Mew. Yeah. And, okay. and I also played the Gengar against you. That's right. So, that's so right. I do remember game. now. Cause I yep. remember game one, I actually won. I'm like, okay, I, I can do mm -hmm. this. And then it was just like, nope, the rest of the way is not going to happen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Both, both of you guys were victims to the dark weakness, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I mean, Mew is a good deck, but, it, you know, Gengar really kind of put it down. Um, I mean, it's not an unwinnable matchup, but everything has to kind of go right for the Mew player. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Gengar needs a little bit of a slow start. And, I mean, it typically can happen, but, uh, I mean, you know, behind a good player um, piloting that deck, um, you know, it's, it's less likely to happen. So, I mean, I know you rolled bo over both of us, like you said, with that dark um, were there any other decks that you were playing throughout the round robin that was like notable 
um, you know, to get you to that undefeated regular season. Mm -hmm. No, I think the most, yeah, I think the weirdest one was just the, the Melanie or Shifu deck probably. Um, yeah, the rest were all pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, it was basically either, yeah, an Arceus. I, I played a couple with like straight Arceus, like Arceus Melanie, just water version, and then switched to kind of the dark version. Um, yeah. And then, so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Run Robin, that's that's what it was. And then I actually okay. ended up switching decks. I didn't use any of those for the top four, which we're about to get into. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about the top four, because yeah. I know uh, those were some good matchups too. Yeah, so when we go to top four in our league, you lock in a deck for the top four. So what was your choice and what, why? <laughs> yeah, so I kept going back and forth because I kind of wanted to use, you know, Dark Arceus and Teleon. <laughs> Um, because I was, you know, fresh off of indie, I think about the time top four hit. Um, but I was, I don't know, I was a little bit nervous about the matchup spread. I, I was expecting one player to play Mew almost for sure. And I was expecting another player to play Ice Rider almost for sure. Mm-hmm. Or Ice Rider or Suicune or some sort of like a, like the water shady dealings deck. Um, and then the third player. Pre-Palkia. Pre-Palkia, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the third player, I didn't know. Um, but I but I expected them to potentially be playing fighting um, mm-hmm. based on kind of what they'd played up, you know, previous to that. So the fighting thing made me nervous. And even Mew against um, Arceus, I wasn't super confident. Like I knew I could beat it, but it, like in testing, I was like a 55-45, even running like the Moltres. Um, so I didn't have as favorable as matchup as I wanted. Um, so... And I also was looking forward to what deck do I potentially want to play moving forward, like into Milwaukee, because those I want to pick a deck that I'm going to be getting reps with and not just, mm-hmm. you know, have put on the shelf. Um, so I've, I've been really interested in like the Arceus Malamar VMAX um, build, um, you know, specifically because it, you know, if the fact that you can run path and hit for dark weakness just bodies Mew, you know, if you get set up. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people have been kind of toying and I kind of put this in and out of my list, toying with like the Jolteon mem- memory capsule version. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause in all my testing, the, the Malamar VMAX did great in, until you ran into shady dealings. And then, you know, basically they have so many outs that even just taking that one card out of their hand, it doesn't do anything. Right. Um, and they don't really care about path that much. Um, so that was kind of like the solution to cover the Mew and any shady dealings decks that I hit up against. Um, and I'd had pretty good testing success with the deck. Um, so I felt confident that it was a good choice. Um, and then it also was not, you know, other than my first Arceus getting out there, the rest of the deck wasn't weak to fighting, um, which is the other thing that I was a little bit worried about. So, so I felt like it covered the three other players fairly well, um, yeah. which, which, which interestingly, the person I thought would play the shady dealings deck didn't, but the <laughs> other person did. So it like okay. worked out. Okay. All right, yeah. well, let's let's get in that top four matchup. Um, what, um, who you, who did you play, and what did they end up playing against you? Yeah, so top four match I played against Mew. Um, so let's see. Yeah, so that was random, dude. Yep. Um, yep. So so that was kind of the he he played it almost exclusively through and played it really well. Um, yeah. And I think this this one went to three games because um, he just like sprinted out, you know, one of the matchups, and I couldn't get set up. Um, but honestly, I'd say game one was the turning point in that. Um, so, 
so game one, he was really far ahead um, and ended up like I got a path out. He bumped it. Um, and then I got another path out like later in the game. Um, and he had he actually psychic leaped to take a knockout, which was super smart because it kind of like prevented, you know, I didn't have it in hand, but I had the potential to to I think win the game the next turn if I had like the right combination of pieces. Um, so so that prevented me from being able to kind of like boss and take the three prizes and everything. Um, but he didn't have enough energy on board at that point. And I was able to get my last path down and, um, you know, bought me a few extra turns to end up taking game one um, on a game that I probably shouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, you know, I think he won game two and then I came back and, and won game three. I think game two and three were pretty convincing. You know, he yeah. just out sprinted me game two. And then I, I think I had kind of the perfect setup game three. Winning, winning game one is so huge because uh, even if it, you lose game two, then you get that advantage of the coin flip or the mm-hmm. non coin flip. You just get to choose. Um, so, Honestly, especially if you you came back and won a game that you you feel that you might not or that you were way behind um, mm-hmm. is big because then now you, you know you kind of have that protection in game three. Um, just kind of another nuance in this best of three kind of thing. So it does um, kind of help you there. So um, yeah, I mean that was solid deck choice um, to get you there um, to get through that those muse and the and the disruption and all that stuff. So um, yeah. So yeah, you beat the Mew. You expected to see Mew. Maybe not from Adam. Um, maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. But um, what happened in the finals? Then, since you did make it to the finals, I think this was your third finals in a row. Yeah, I I took one season off. I think mm-hmm. um, I took a break after one of the Players' Cups. Um, but yeah, of the seasons I played, I think the last three I made finals. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so the final, yeah, the finals um, was Ice Rider, um, you know, and he played and he played um, Tool Scrapper. So it made me a little nervous because that is, you know, a good counter to the memory capsule Jolteon yeah, tech. Right. Um, so but at the same time, you know, if you can get it down, get the lock going, they can't necessarily search out the scrapper, you know, so it's not it's definitely, I think, still favored for me. Um but, you know, they can, you know, Ice Rider has pretty good, like, one-hit KO potential. And, like, they, they can ramp up the damage, you know, pretty quickly, especially with, like, quick shooting and everything else. Um, so it's definitely a scary deck to play against. Um, trying to remember. So it ended up also being a, a went-to-game-three situation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I had one. No, I lost game one. Yeah. So this one, this one, I lost game one. Um, honestly, I had a really good setup. I got the lockdown and he found scrapper um, right. and I couldn't get the second one set up in time and just like got too far behind in the price trade to get, to get the lock back down. Um, Cause, cause that is like the downside to the Malamar B max is you're not okoing anything, you know, you're, you're two, sometimes three shotting things, you know, depending on what's going on, um, mm-hmm. unless it's Mew and you're hitting for weakness. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I just, he got out of the lock a couple times and, um, yeah. And there's nothing, you know, nothing that I could do on that. Um, and then game two was also pretty close, definitely skewed in my favor. Um, that one, I think I had to be a lot more aggressive. I think I had to discard one of my Jolteons and memory capsules early mm-hmm. off like a research, um, which is super scary. Cause he has the, uh, 
you know, the tool scrapper. So he gets that, right. He gets the one off and I don't have a backup. Um, but I knew I just had to race out and get, get the setup, get the lock before he had it going. Um, and I think he did end up finding the scrapper mid game, but I had mm-hmm. gotten enough damage on the board. And I think I took out two V max um, to take the win um, to get kind of like the perfect prize trade on that one. Um, and then game three was super unfortunate. So I, let's see, I think he passed me like, so I was going first, wait, no. So I was going second. He was going first and he passed me turn one going first. Right. Um, cause, and, and I don't, I don't, I didn't play a counter to path. So that basically means I don't have star birth. Um, but so I ended up having to have a pretty slow start you know i got down an arceus and you know manual attach manual attach you know that's Um, painful (laughs) it's it's super painful but his hand apparently was um he had a um he had a lone ice rider v and then a handful of drizzles and intellions no sobbles no sobbles no energy no nothing (laughs) Um, oh man and uh and he yeah so it took me two three yep exactly so it took me two or three turns to get set up but then i did and i got the lockdown um and i was able to start hitting you know his lone v and you know basically he just conceded at that point because he just couldn't get out of it oh that's Um, unfortunate but i mean i mean this is again three seasons in a row you're always towards the you know the top uh, always making a push for the the, you know the top four um finally cracking through uh, I, I couldn't be happier for you. I mean, I, I know it was a little unfortunate uh, for Joe and the Ice Rider deck to kind of break out on that game three. Um, but by no means, uh, you know, does that cheapen anything because you're always there finally cracking through. Um, so super pumped for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. No, super fun. And I appreciate you guys including me in the league. It's it's, it's oh, a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're part of our community. Yeah you're, yeah, you're not in Pittsburgh, but it doesn't matter because, you know, Pokemon is an international game. Um, and you know, we just love having you here. You're always, you know, part of the community, even without the league, just, you know, throwing in your two cents to whatever the topic may be at the time. Um, always, you know, look forward to your opinions and, and, um, you know, moving forward there. Cause, um, you're a heck of a player. I mean, I know you're, a, you're a COVID, a COVID player, just like most of us in the league and a lot of players right now, I think a lot of people are in that same boat. A lot of up and comers like you, yourself. So, I mean, like you're a very solid player and I, I I'm just happy to have you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so that you kind of mentioned in that run uh, that you wanted to play something that you're going to potentially be playing for Milwaukee. You know, you didn't want to just have like a, a deck that you're just going to hang up. So, um, you know, you have your Malamar uh, and I just recently played a couple um, vastly different lists than yours. Um, but Malamar, um, stall deck, um, is that something that you're potentially bringing to Milwaukee, um, or is, or is something else on your mind? Yeah, it is. I'd say that's probably my number two deck right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel confident playing it. Um, but I kind of feel like it's a, it's a bit of a medical deck, Mm -hmm. um, where you, you bring it in specifically, if you expect a ton of shady dealings, um, you want to shut down kind of that, that line, which, you know may be the case um kind of want to see the results um you know from this weekend and and things you know heading into this next well, week. i feel yeah. like i feel like 
Melbourne, you're gonna see Apalkia win it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of shady dealings out there, buddy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So so that's gonna be something I'm gonna keep kind of it's gonna stay, I'm gonna stay up with the deck to where I'm confident enough playing it. Um, but yeah, my, my number one pick right now is actually Mew, um, which I've avoided a bit. Like I've played it just because I need to understand the deck. Um but it's gotten so much hate. I, I don't like playing the deck with the target on its back. Um, so that's kind of why I've avoided it for the most part until now. Um, but I feel like it's almost to the point where people are so focused on Palkia and the new stuff that, you know, Mew might not be, you know, enemy I mean, number one anymore. <laughs> it's still going to be on people's radar. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's always going to be because it's that deck that's just so consistent. Um, but it feels like you might be kind of right, especially with Palkia um, shady dealings. I know there was a couple other versions that weren't quite the shady dealings doing well in Melbourne and Melbourne. Um, but it's, you know, top eight, all, all eight were top, um, you know, Palkia. Um, so it, I think a lot of people are going to have hate for it when it comes to either Jolteon, it's going to come to um, maybe some kind of like um, deck like Malamar with path to the peak to try to um, prevent even just the, the, the ability um, to accelerate energy there. Um, and then also, you know, just having, you know, some, I've seen a lot of decks play, um, the, the, the Zara aura, um, just to, you know, one shot mm-hmm. the, the Palkia. Um, so there's a lot of potential hate for Palkia out there, um, because it is seeing so much success. Um, and I think you will have a little less, um, you know, target on its back kind of a thing. So, you, you know, you might be right there. Yeah. 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 I mean, we'll see. I think the other thing is it, it was kind of intimidating to me um, because I felt like since I didn't play the deck from the get go, mm-hmm. other Mew players would have the advantage over me. Um, but to be honest, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him a shout out if you want, if it's yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, I've been working a little bit with, with Gabe Smart um, as a TCG coach um, on Medify and he's, he's been great. Um, super, super, super knowledgeable guy and just kind oh, yeah. of help coach me through kind of the mirror match a little bit. And, and I, and then just in my experience on ladder, you know, I'm, I, I got to the point where I was confident enough in the mirror match and that I could navigate it better than the average Mew player. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made it an option for me. Whereas before I was kind of intimidated by the deck, I think. So, yeah. Right. I mean, like we've kind of already stated um, with, you know, the whole triple P league and then with players cups, I mean, you're, you're always putting your name in the hat. Um, you're always making some good decisions. So you, you can't just do that with one deck, especially over multiple different metas. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because you haven't picked up you from the very, very start, I don't think that's going to hinder you at all. Um, you know, it's, it's an easiest deck to kind of just like get the basics of, but there are a lot of nuances and uh, deck decisions, you know, win the thin, win the hold back, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of that prize mapping, especially in the the the, um, the mirror match, because you know you can win um, multiple different ways with just prize mapping um, and doing it better than your opponent, and then, like I said, kind of like knowing win to thin and hold back, because um, you have a lot of kind of thought processes in that matchup and others. Um, so, I mean, it is a solid choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think that's a, a bad thought process going into Milwaukee either in that um, you might not be the big bad boy for that tournament. 
where everyone is bringing their dark hate. Um, you might see a little bit more lightning hate for right. Palkia than right. you might see for the dark hate for Mew. I don't think anyone's going to forget that Mew VMAX exists. <laughs> right. Um, so it won't be a walk in the park, but you might not walk into like 50, 50, 40, 60 matchups like the whole day long. Right. And you might see less of those mirror matches. Um, but even with some of a lot of those dark decks, it's not like we've said already, it's not an auto loss by any means because you are just so much faster and more consistent generally than most of those decks. Um, so you can just win on that alone, um, mm -hmm. being able to do things like that, especially if you have, uh, there's a lot of versions with pokey catchers out there, so you can still power up and potentially hit that. I know it's a lot of flip cards, so it's, you know, quote unquote, less skill based there, right um, high, but, baby. but, right it, high. but <laughs> it, it gives you the option to run hot and to be able to, um, you know, have room for, um, you know, different options. Um, so it is a good deck for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, aside from Mew and Malamar, um, I guess, uh, is there any other decks on your radar, um, at least as far as like anything that you're considered in playing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable playing Arceus. I put in a lot of games, a lot of hours with it. Um, right. You know, so I think, I feel like it's not a great meta call right now i think it's still mm -hmm. a very good deck just like an arceus shady dealings deck um so i'm also tempted to kind of run something you know similar to like what you guys ran in in indie you know run something that's not so much the shady dealings engine but you know maybe some the barrel some crobat some minion um right you know and i and kind of getting you know get your dark attackers and your um your fighting attackers down so there's there's other options um you know, and I've even thought of going back to like Argus Gengar, you know, and hit the, you know, hit the, the 280, you know, with the choice belts and with all the V stars right. running around. So, but I think the two most serious ones right now are, are the Melmar V Max and the Mew. Uh, for sure. It's <laughs> solid. Uh, and we already kind of talked about Palkia. I mean, it's, it's just so dominant. It's, it's pretty consistent getting out um, with that ability. Um, I guess before we talk about Lilligant, because we'll have to give Lilligant a little bit of a shout out for Chuck. Um, but do we think that, you know, Palkia is just better than Arceus by itself? I'm not talking Arceus with um, V-Stars. I'm just like, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a Melanie Ar Ar Arceus um, deck. It, is that just kind of archetype dead um, with the two prize and with maybe one, one prize um, backup attackers? Or do you think that, you know, Arceus is still viable um, by itself as like its own archetype. I, I think it's still a good deck. <clears throat> um, I mean, I think it's probably the number three deck. So between kind of Mew, then Palkia, then Arceus, most likely. Um, I'm hesitant even to put Palkia over it. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think it's it's more that if people are countering Palkia, they also can counter the Arceus kind of right. The Arceus shady dealings. Um, you know, I think when the two decks go against each other, I think it's not, I think it's close ish. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't think it's dead, but I don't think it's in as good a position as it was, you know, in brilliant stars. Now you, uh, you, you're probably right there. Um, I, I think for me, I think it's either going to be Mew or, um, Palkia, I think they're both really just good, but um, like you said, there's just so much, there's potential for so much hate for Palkia 
Um, it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. All right, Chuck, I know we got to talk a little bit about Lilligan. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to not talk about it. Just dark horse this like dark horse. Okay. I, we, we don't I, want I mean, no, no spoilers then. I, I mean, I'm not changing anything that much from what uh, I ran at full grip at the moment, but I, I still think Lilligan is a great Pokemon option. Um, it takes, it's a deck that plays outside of that current weakness triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of hits in uh, the dark hate that might come with Mew, because like uh, that's kind of that. Unfortunately, you're seeing less of that, right? Uh, because because, <laughs> because Palkia is a big thing. I was hoping to see even more of it, where she just kind of like with Darkrai coming in and Samurai coming in, you got all these grass weak Pokemon get some maybe a higher percentage matchups easy. Um, but not so much, but, uh, that Pokemon, like Lilligan, the deck plays super streamlined. Uh, it sets up consistently and hits the numbers you needed to hit hits 280 relatively easily with the aids of flapples, which Mm -hmm. are not hard to get, like get going, um, uh, with her ability and, and everything else that grass has to bring to it. So, uh, there's a few matchups you still have to kind of iron out, um, you being one of them, but we have some new cards to play with and new ways to get there. Uh, that's what I'm seeing on how to iron that one out, but mm-hmm. I'm not scared of Palkia. I'm not scared of Arceus. Uh, VMAXes, uh, not so much because I, I'm not too scared of depending on the one because most of them don't one-shot me. So right. if, we can, we, if we can play the two-shot game, I'll play the two-shot game. So for sure, for sure. Um, you kind of mentioned it with some of these new decks, um, new dark decks. Um, haven't seen a lot of success at thus far with the Dark Rye and the Samurai V. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on those and maybe reasons why they're not we're not seeing success? Um, and would you even consider um playing that, or is it any, anything that we even need to consider really hard play testing against, I guess? Uh, I mean, I have a few thoughts on why I think they're just not as consistent at the moment. And both new dark archetypes are kind of uh, flip-flopped. I think uh, Dark Rise not fat, like Dark Rise trying to get there, but not fast enough. And then Samurott's fast, but doesn't have a close. So um, they may have some merging to do at one point. Maybe, I don't know. That's probably too much, but mm-hmm. like... Um, I saw someone play dark. I asked, there was a dark rock player at the gate at the game store I was at last night. I asked him like, how quick are you get energies? Like what, what's your average, like turn two, turn three. And he was like, well, I'm getting around six or seven and turn two, two ish, three ish. Mm-hmm. And if you do the math, that's 30 times six or seven. That's only uh, 180, 210 damage. That seems uh, like a lot of effort for that. little. That's a lot damage. of effort, a lot of speed. <laughs> Uh, needed to get those energies that isn't that is just like a oh let me just attach two things to Arceus and let me do 230 like like I have to attach two things to Arceus and I'm doing 210 like uh it's that's the the I think both of those dark techs are going to be fun I think their inconsistencies are going to what is what's going to keep them out of seeing them in regionals in a large spread 
Brian, what do you, what do you say? Yeah, I I thought Darkrai was going to be decent. Um, just kind of thinking through it. I mean, there's so many good ways between you know the baby Moltres and the the big Moltres and Dark Patch and um, you know and the Greninja. There, there's like so many ways to kind of turbo through your deck and get energies down. Um, that I, I really thought Darkrai was going to be good. Um, so I'm I'm not convinced it's it's not like I don't think it's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think people have been really excited about Palkia and putting a lot of effort into it. Um, so I think, I think early in a format, I don't want to discount those decks, um, because I, I do think that maybe the lists haven't been completely optimized yet. I could see it kind of, you know, jumping up. Um, but I kind of see it maybe more of a, a good deck in a heavy Mew format, um, and not necessarily just good on its own necessarily. But if you're going to say it's a good deck in a heavy Mew format, Mm -hmm. I think there are a few decks already out there, um, you know, the Arceus, um, you know, dark box comes front of my mind that I would rather play because it's just kind of already just more mm-hmm. consistent. So if you're going to play to counter Mew, I feel like we should just you know, pick a deck that's already kind of established and, you know, refine it on, on our own that way. But, um, you know, I could be wrong for sure. Yeah. Well, with the, the dark ride deck, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, I was talking to him about it just because I'm curious at how well it can do because, there's a lot of people like the realist, like the the idea of what this dark ride does is essentially there. It's a spiritual successor to dark ride EX. Does mm-hmm. the same turbo dark. Does the same kind of thing. So there's a lot of people that want to play it, and this guy was one of them. Like I played turbo dark a whole ton, and I just want to do it again. And he's just saying like he's like I was. That's why I was asking like how quick you get energies out. He's getting around six or seven on average, but his last game. He's like, I was at 10, 11, turn two or three, and mm-hmm. I was hitting for crazy numbers and just rolling over another Palkia deck. So it has the potential um, to do crazy things. It's just whether it can get to those consistent enough numbers it needs to do the crazy things, I think. Mm-hmm. So like, Brent, you are right. Like it's, it's, pro, it's too, I'm not trying to say it's, it's, it's a wash. Don't get, don't play it. It's, it is early, but that's probably why you won't see this thing at NIC and I, NAIC in big numbers, because there's the, it, it's going to be a lot more to make the speed happen. Same thing mm-hmm. with, I even think Dialga because watching, I mean, just going to see people you haven't seen play the game, but then their take on things. Mm-hmm. Dialga runs in almost the same boat as a dark ride deck. Right. Uh, because you just need to turbo six metal energies onto Dialga mm-hmm. so that he can double double KO something and then not hopefully not die. Um, like it's just uh, and I watched him do it and it's it's able to be done, but then it gets inconsistent sometimes. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of decks I think out of the Astral Radiance that just need more refinement um, that might be too soon to take to a regional, uh, but. Palkia is one I think that was kind of just like yeah I was just about easy. to ask about Palkia or uh that or yeah Palkia and Dialga both I mean Dialga seems like it's a little too slow um although it did just win at uh, a late night I believe it was um so yeah. I mean there might be some legitimacy there um I'm not sure uh, but what do you guys think about the the um 
the Blissey slash uh, Mill Tank uh, kind of <laughs> deck? Do you think that that deck is legitimate? Because it's it's giving some of the like Palkia hat has a hard time dealing with it. Um, so are a lot of these um, Arceus decks. Um, do you think you know there's something there? Would it be something that you you want to play test or at least respect as far as like getting heavy play testing against? I haven't had to actually play it yet. So like, I'm just, I'm that guy that's just dodging that matchup right now. Right. So if you look at my deck, I'm like, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just going to dodge that matchup. Uh, I have an idea how I would try and play around it. Uh, is attacking with Flapple a good idea? No. no. But hey, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Actually, I was testing out a, a grass deck and I had the Flapples in there and that was the first time I had to play against it and it was not a great uh, matchup. I was thinking more like the Cologne might be a good a good thing for a lot of these decks, but then do you really want to play that against the majority of the meta? Um, so I don't, I don't know where you find um, you know, the meta game is going to be, how often you're going to see those one prizers. Yeah, I so I actually really enjoy playing the deck. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I enjoy. So I played quite a bit of uh, like the Luke Metal Zashian deck. Um, so I'm I'm familiar with playing a wall deck, um, kind of with the Zamazenta, and and I really enjoy the archetype. Um, so it's kind of cool that you have the two options. Like you can have the stall kind of with the mill tank, um, you know, kind of selling out for the V Pokemon. And sometimes that just wins you the game. Um, but then you also can bounce back with the Blissey um, and in a way stall with them by tanking hits and using the hyper potion and using your Sharon's care and just putting it back in your hand. Um, and then, you know, or you can just kind of turbo get a ton of energy on it and, you know, try to KO MU or double hit MU or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that it's a deck that if nobody knew about it could jump up and have a big showing. Um, but I think it's very counterable. So, you know, maybe like kind of the decidui where, um, you know, there's kind of ebbs and flows, you know, based on kind of what the meta is, you know, it, it might be a good deck to roll out, you know, at the right time, but I don't think it's going to be something that's just, you know, a staple and it is always a good play. Yeah. I, I'm along this, those same lines as you. Um, I think it's just going to be something that it, you might it might catch you off guard. I don't think you're ever going to see it in numbers where you really, really need to tech for it. Um, there's a lot of things in the top, top like Mew really doesn't have to do anything to, to like tech for it. It just goes, okay, I'm going to max Miracle this, this mill tank. Thanks. Goodbye. Um, and then other decks, though, uh, you might that like a hard that that kind of like get hard stuck by it. You might think of putting in a one of canceling mm -hmm. cologne just because um, if if you're like an Italian deck, maybe or, or like where they're down to like you get them down to like, I just have this mill tank and they're going for the stall like they're not putting anything else down. Mm -hmm. You just hit them with the cologne and then and take the win like um, that would be, I think, the best best thing to tech in at the moment if you want to but it's really whether um it's useful or not because cologne will be while it's not like okay it's not as it's not it's better than using phoebe at the moment because it has right. other uses in every matchup mm -hmm. but 
whether it's actually useful is a dis uh, like in every other matchup is a hard question to answer. Yeah. To, to be honest, the, uh, the scariest card in that deck from a Mew perspective is the evil tall. Cause yeah, I've lost right. multiple games, you know, if they, especially if they play two, it's really hard to lose two or three energy, you know, special energy. So it's like almost give it like a third, you know, it's got the wall with the mill tank. It's got, you know, potentially the tank and then big hit power with the bussy. And then it's got the energy disruption with the evil tall. Right. Um, yeah. It, you could definitely hit through those, those, um, you know, the mill tanks, uh, but you know, late game that, that evil tall comes down and then you're like, Oh no, I've already gone through my resources. Um, do you think that the deck, I guess, is um, consistent enough where you'll see it in a high enough percentage that Mew might want to play a second regular energy just to be able to potentially um, be able to not worry about the Evital? Or do you think that that deck's going to see enough play and it has enough good matchups? Um, you know, that, that it's something that Mew needs to respect and make deck changes over. Yeah. My- my thought right now is it may be peaked early enough that people are going to be ready for it and mm-hmm. either not going to play it or there's going to be a lot of counters for it in Milwaukee specifically. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, like, I I don't think I'm going to double basic energy um, out of fear for it. Um, right. But but I think that I think that there could be regionals, there could be tournaments coming up where you do have to consider it. I, I just want to say, I don't... I... I don't think a Evital is gonna break isn't gonna be the straw that breaks Muse back after <laughs> it survives uh Duraladon's uh B drills with this all special energy lineup that it uses. I think it's just gonna do what it does and just keep doing it and and find ways to play the deck right uh, around that attack. So um, like it's just resource management. Like, let's just put two energies down and just hit with this one Pokemon I have. Let's not throw them all on the board for you to discard. Just let's, uh, that's what I would do. Like, just play it differently per the matchup and just go from there. That's what I think people will do because if Beedrill didn't cause them to like think about using two special, <laughs> right? Right, right. Like, I don't know what else would. So, no, you're probably right. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was a really good discussion on just meta breakdowns and like kind of like prep um, going into, um, you know, the the last couple of weeks here before um, we wrap up in the United States um, with all these big tournaments. Um, was there any other decks that you guys wanted to talk about before we uh, wrap this thing up? No. All right. Well, then I'm going to say thanks again uh, to Zordad uh, GX for coming on, talking a little bit of Pokemon, um, getting to know him a little bit better on the podcast. Um, But before we let you go, um, do you have any shout outs or plugs or anything like that? The time is yours um, to give all the love. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, no, thanks. I'm one. Not a content creator by any means. Um, Shout out to you guys for having me on. And uh, and honestly, the pittsburgh pokemon podcast kind of community and league and and kind of jake uh, your group and kind of being part of your team and everything mm-hmm. has, has been really good um and kind of helped me grow as a player and kind of get that good camaraderie and, and testing and um yeah it's, it's been a great group um and then i, I kind of already shouted him out but but gabe smart just has been a, a great coach um so far and you know super knowledgeable and obviously has you know a lot of good uh 
you know, good finishes to his name, you know, at a young age, um, you know, so he's, he's the, the, the number two shout out there for sure. Um, and that's about all I have. <laughs> awesome. That was, that was uh, great. Um, we'll have to have you on some other time. That was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, I value your opinion in the game of Pokemon. Um, there's still a lot of learning to do on all three of our parts. And uh, I can't wait to get a few more years under our belt and see if we can become what, like one of those Gabe smarts or something like that and, and have some top finishes. I, I know the sky's the limit for the, you know, for, for you, uh, for, for Chuck and I, and, you know, everybody part of this uh, community. And that's the kind of the goal is just kind of grow this community and see if we can do that together. Yep. It's always fun. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming you can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.